Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, That means you're basically like a VIP member. And there's two different levels that you can, you know, subscribe to. And you get you get some perks. You maybe get like merch a little earlier. You get... Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get... Um, First dibs on signing up for a live show. You get episodes with no commercials. You get our video because our video is no longer available on YouTube. It is only on Patreon. And the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows. So if you are far away and you couldn't make our last live show, it will be on the website. We're going to record this future live show. It's going to be on Patreon, but also bonus episodes each month. You guys tell us all the time you want more episodes. This is a way for you to get more episodes. So you're going to get our basic Tuesday Thursdays that we always put out, right? But if you're on a Patreon, you're VIP, you're going to get more. I can't wait to talk about in detail some more stories because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law explain. I might read a book. <laughs> they just unsubscribed. <laughs> they. This is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. So if that is breaking some of your hearts, just go ahead and subscribe now. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? Patreon.com slash bloody happy hour. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. What day is this? Um, This is Thursday and I'm so thirsty. Me too. What do we do on this day? This is um, this day. We tell you one full story from beginning to end with all the ju- juicy details. Unlike on unlike Tuesdays, where we cover several different stories of what's you know in the news and what's happening, and and we do this while we are partaking in our favorite beverages. Yeah. So, so what today do you have? I have a little Basil Hayden, a uh, little whiskey on the rocks. And you I have just been nursing little, that Basil Hayden for a I while. I know. I know. I'm not. Or is this I'm your fourth bottle? Well, you'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> I've been doing the same with my um, Bombay rum. Bombay Sapphire? Yes. Gin. gin. Sorry, gin. Yeah. I was telling somebody else rum earlier. 
But um, what are you mixing it with? With tonic and then some lime, like Karen Walker. And this is twelve years too late. Sweepy just watched Fifty Shades of Grey, oh. and he was like, "We need to do like Christian Grey and order some." Oh, he's gonna gin bust out the, He's gonna bust out the zip ties. And I was like, "You are ten years late." It's never too late, April. <laughs> it's never too late to get into BDSM. It's never too late. It's my newest. To start choking people. He's. We were at a, somewhere, Swing and he party? says, hey, I want people to know. Actually, we were at my nephew's graduation party, and he was telling everybody that he had just watched it, and he was like, you know, April's the sub. And so he pulled me to the side, and he was like, hey, I'm going to call you over here in a minute. Can you say yes, sir, and just look down at the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, CP. Screw you and them, and ain't nobody going to believe it. (laughs) Can you just say yes, sir, and look down at the ground? Oh, I would have been like, I would have done it, because I thought it would have been funny. (laughs) All right, what are we talking about today? Um, You scooped us. You know, you asked me last, you asked me on Tuesday about what was the latest, or what did you say? You mentioned something about somebody who is getting indicted in the, or extradited? Joran Vandersloot. Yoran, it's not Yoran. Yeah, don't worry. I've listened to his name several times, seventy times. Um, you were asking about Yoran Vandersloot, and I, I was like, oh, wait a minute, hold up. Let me just tell you on Thursday because that's what we're talking about. Yay! We're talking about Natalie Holloway. If you don't know, then you're welcome because we're about to go through it. So, can I tell you the memory of that yes. I have with you with Yoran Vandersloot? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember? Yes. This is kind yes. of before you were into totally into true crime. Yes. This was even yes. maybe before Dirty Chat or mm-hmm. like right. Mm-hmm. But um, Caroline used to travel, be a world traveler. Mm-hmm. And so her favorite place was the Caymans. And mm-hmm. you and a group of friends would go all the time, right? Yep. And um, one of your friends, and you say their name if you want to or we don't have yeah. to. But I just hung I out with her this weekend. Okay. Yep. Um. One of your friends started dating a the bartender there, or what was it? Uh, well, restaurant? we were on the beach, uh-huh. and there were these group of guys that were kicking around a vol- uh, soccer ball. And, of course, I was like, oh, hey, I want to play. Like, you know, yeah. interject. And then w- one of them come up to me and said in his, in his Italian accent, uh-huh. I want her. I want her. And he pointed to my friend, uh-huh. and I was like, okay. Hey, he wants you. No red flags at all came no. up for you. But and then they hung out that night. They hung out the next day. They went to lunch. He was a chef at this other restaurant, and he was a sommelier chef. or yes. not a chef. I mean, he was a sommelier and he was a server. He was uh-huh. a waiter. He's from Italy. He was worked in the Caymans. He had a bunch of other Italian friends who lived there and worked there and everything. And then, um. We ended up leaving, and then... Y'all went back a couple times. We went back, but she had gone back to meet up with him again for, like, Valentine's... Or, I don't know if it's Valentine's... He sent her flowers for Valentine's... Anyways, you were saying... Because they were getting married, right? They they had engaged. They were getting engaged. They were getting married. It had yeah, only so been, like... Within, like, three months, then they got oh. engaged, and then I think after six months, that's when they had... They like, plan to get married after six months. And then he was going to come over here. And he was going to come over here. So I was like, what? 
she's marrying Joran, Joran Vandersloot? And you were like, who is that? And I like went through the whole story, and you were like, oh, it does sound like it. So then this whole time I was thinking, she's going to get killed. You just need to just make sure you know, listen to all the information about him. But, y'all, it's a great, happy story. He now lives here, and you can go to his restaurant. DeCampley's. DeCampley's. Oh, my goodness. And they I now was have, wrong they have two kids. Once. They have a beautiful new house that they built. Wow. I mean, they're living their best life. They're not swingers. <laughs> they're not swingers. But it was a happy story. It was a scary story that ended up being a happy story. Or it was the best love story ever. I'm just that paranoid. You're just that paranoid. Yes. I saw zero red flags. <laughs> Shocking. In another country, and a foreign guy goes, I want her? Bitch, she's going to get sold. <laughs> she was like, sure, take these drinks from her. They're going to yeah. buy us drinks all night. Yeah. yeah, we went to dinner with them. It was a whole, it was a birthday celebration. I mean, we did the whole thing. Yeah, it was wild. It, Never mind, y'all didn't remember the rest of the. Uh, it was so <laughs> great. So let me tell you a little bit about Joran Vandersloot. Okay. Uh, he's born August 6, 1987 in the Netherlands. He was one of three boys. His parents, he had Paulus Vandersloot, which was his dad, and Anita, which was his mom. Um, dad was a lawyer. Mom was an art teacher. In 1990, they moved, the family moved to Aruba, where he was, and he's a, he's a smart kid. He's an honor student. He's athletic. He was, he played sports when he grew up. He played a lot of tennis. He played soccer. And it's sad that now when we say honor student, it's a, it's a red flag to me. Like when we're describing a killer and we know that they're like oh, really, they're like really real smart, smart and honor student, mm. it's now a red flag. Oh, yeah. uh, that's unfortunate. But t people loved him. His parents loved him, obviously. And, um, you know, he was. On his way to go play for St. Leo University, um, he, had, he had a girlfriend when he was a teenager, and she spoke out and gave an interview about how he was, he was so loving and romantic. And, wow. And he would, they would look into each other's eyes, and he was just very honest-looking, ambitious, and smart. Well, what happened? Wow, what a man. What a guy. Um, but then as he got older, he started to rebel. He, he started drugs. to go to casinos. He started drinking a lot and he started getting into trouble. That's all we're talking about this guy. Okay. We're going straight to Natalie. And now a word from our sponsors. I'm your puzzle pal, and I'm going to tell you about my latest obsession, Wongo Puzzles. These things are the real deal, folks. They're high quality, handcrafted, and perfect for anyone who loves a good challenge, but doesn't want to dedicate their entire kitchen table to puzzles for a week. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I might still be there. But I got one of these actually for Christmas. I loved it. I did it and I was so proud of myself. And they have all these cool designs and you need to go to wongopuzzles.com and use our discount, BHH, you get 10% off. And I really wanna know if you'll order one of these puzzles, how, what'd you think about it? Because it's so fun and I need to order like five. Cure hydration. If you 
are obsessed with your hydration like I am, this may be something good for you. This is something that is so easy. Forget about the Gatorade. That just dehydrates you even more. And if you don't like the taste of coconut water, try Cure Hydration. You can go to my offer link. It is zen, Z-E-N, dot A-I slash B-H-H 20. This is vegan. It's no added sugars. It's just a little packet you could put in your water. Or if you're really smart during happy hour, you could put it into your Tito's. It is just as effective as an IV drip. And it's if you do not like the taste of water, it's not as boring as water, not as sugary as the sports drink. And if you're an athlete, it'll give you the best performance. Or if you just get brain frog or headaches because you do not stay hydrated. Brain frog? Brain fog. <laughs> the solution frog. is... Cure hydration. So go to that link, enter the code. You can go to my offer link. It is zen, Z-E-N dot A-I slash B-H-H 20. Cure hydration. So then we have Natalie Holloway. So she ran into... Yoran in 2005. She was on a high school graduation trip to Aruba. I think it was about 124 kids that went, and they had ice. They had about 10 chaperones. I read seven. I read 11. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with 10. So you know you have chaperone. Like this is normal. Senior you trip. go on a senior yeah. trip. Yeah. Right. The chap. You're going to a place where you can drink when you're 18. So, like, Aruba, the drinking age is 18. That's where they're going to go. It's like, we went to Mexico. Mexico. You can drink. You come back. You know, you party. You go to, I mean. Yeah. It's just what you do. Yeah. Um, So, they go there. And then, um, well, so this is their senior trip. Natalie has a brother. Um, She was the oldest. She's a younger brother. Um. She was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Her parents divorced in 1993. Uh, Matthew was her younger brother. They were, her and her brother were raised by her mom. And her mom is Beth. Mm -hmm. Beth Holloway. She's now married. She has a new last name. But I'm just going to call her Beth because that's just what we know her as. So she married this guy, George, who was a, lived in Alabama. He was a prominent businessman. This family had money. Um, And... The family moved to Mountain Brook, Alabama. Natalie was a member of the Honor Society, so she mm-hmm. was smart as well. But, you know, just because you're smart doesn't mean you make good decisions. No. Sometimes you don't have... Well, you're 18. You're, you're not going to yeah, make the best you, decisions. Plus, you're just, like, living fun, your life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So she was um, going to have a full ride to, to college uh, of... A scholarship, and she was a good girl, and she had a lot of friends, and that's that's Natalie. So they go on this trip to Aruba, um, and they're hanging out at this resort. They get all the all the alcohol they want, and they go to casinos. They're having a blast, but on their very last night, the girls decide that they're going to go out with a bang. They're going to have the best night of their lives. You know, totally normal. They were scheduled to fly out on May 30th, 2005. Just now. What anniversary is this? I can't do that math. 15? 
2018? 18-year anniversary? Mm-hmm. Because 25 would be. Yeah, yeah. So May 30th, 2005, it's the night of May 29th. Natalie meets Yoran, this guy Yoran Vandersloot, at a bar. They're drinking, they're dancing, they're having a good time. And the bar closes at 1 a.m. And she's last Thanks. seen getting in the car with Yoran and two friends. Or Yoran and he's friends with these guys and they are brothers. So it's Yoran and Deepak Kalpo is one brother. He's 21 years old. And Satish Kalpo is the other brother. So the Kalpo brothers. Okay. So it's Natalie, Yuran, and the Kalpo brothers. And that's the last time that she is seen. She's getting in the car with these guys. Leaving the bar at 1 a.m. And so it's 1 a.m. And she's supposed to probably catch a flight the next, the next day, right? So, I mean, like her bags are packed in the hotel room and everything. She's just has to come back to get her bags. So the next day, the kids are getting up. They're going to grab their bags. They're going to the airport. Um, you know, everybody's hungover. And then they realize, like, where... I guess they're doing, like, the head count at the airport. And they're like, where's Natalie? Like, she's not here. Um, nobody can find her. They haven't heard from her. And I guess they're just like, peace out. They get on the plane and they leave. A couple of the chaperones stay back. Okay, okay a couple yeah. of them stayed. So Natalie misses the flight. And then they notify the parents, her parents, immediately. I believe oh. they jumped on a private jet, like, because they had pretty good, they had money. Yes. Right? Well, I don't know if it was a private jet. I just remember, I, know I remember them highlighting. Yes, yeah, she was, right on, they were on a trip, her and her new husband or new boyfriend, because uh -huh. Natalie was out of town. She, they were going to go on their own trip, wherever this trip was. So they were on their way back from this trip. And um, Nat and their bags were already packed, right? Because they were on a trip. She got the call, and she just drove straight Jetted. to the airport and got on the flight and was there like within yeah hours immediately. Yeah. So they go straight to Aruba and go to the hotel. They meet with the hotel manager. They hotel manager gave him Uran's name. Because they recognized him from security footage. And then Natalie's mom and stepdad went to Uran's house with two police officers, asked if they knew, asked him if they knew, if he knew where Natalie was. And at first he's like, I don't even know who she is. Like, I don't know. But he then goes on to say that he just didn't remember her name. Uh -huh. Which, I mean, I've been there, so it's. Fine. Yeah. So. Later, he said that, so he denied knowing her name, but later he said that he and two friends drove Natalie to a lighthouse because she wanted to see the sharks. Oh, shit. He says that he dropped her off at a hotel around 2 a.m. and that he remembers that Natalie fell down and went, fell down when she got out of the car, but then he offered to help her up. She refused the help, and he said he saw a dark a dark man in a black suit, which fit the description of the people who worked at the hotel. So, like, security. Okay. And that, so then this led the police to go and talk to, interrogate hotel staff or security, whoever was wearing dark clothes like that. 
Well, they found no connection between any of these people and nobody had seen her. They said they found no proof of the security footage or, or she was not anywhere on this security footage and which, but she could get to her hotel room without being on any footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, we, we never see on footage that she came back to the hotel. So on June, there's a lot of dates in okay. this story. And some, a little bit, I'll jump around, but. Was there footage of her getting in the car with them? I can't remember. Um, I remember car footage and that's how they put him, them with her, right? Yeah. Mm. But not that you saw, well, not that they, you said. They have footage of them at the, I believe at the bar. Okay. Like that they, they, there, but they just don't have her coming back into the hotel, but they have him at one point. Okay. But they don't have, they only have them together, I believe, at the bar. Um, on July 9th, 2005, Urana and those two brothers were arrested with the connection of her disappearance. And this is when his pictures are plastered all over the media, all over the news, and there's stories, and there's all these suspects, and this person, and this person, and they're thinking it's this person, and it's almost like they just want to have some. I think my perception was like, oh, they just wanted to have a re- They just wanted to pin it on somebody. So you're like, well, really? Did that person do it? Like, I don't know. And I'll, I'll explain this as we go. But at one point, they the officers even announced that she was found dead. But then they had to retract it and say, oh, no. Actually, oh, goodness. Yeah. Actually, no. No, that, that information is false. So it's already kind of starting off on this, like, sketchy foot. So it was about a month later, due to lack of evidence, police released the brothers. Okay. But they kept Uran in custody and started questioning him, pressuring him, all the things. So then in August, the brothers were rearrested on rape charges totally separate oh go ahead yeah well i thought that they were all known for drugging american women and taking advantage of them yes yeah yes so i just know that it's they're arrested on suspicion of rape so then in september of that year all three are released again Due to lack of evidence. I mean, this is what happens. They get arrested, they get released. They get arrested, they get released. This happens over and over. So one of the deputies, um, a former deputy of the Aruba police, said that the initial arrests were made prematurely, and it was because of the pressure from Natalie's family. Okay. And he said that it, all this pressure's, sidetracked the investigation and because they were coming there and they're putting up these posters they had a $100,000 reward for just information about her whereabouts just any information and then they had a $1 million reward for her safe return so this is why I think they do have money and they did take a private jet oh I don't know but what does this do this brings out everybody. Everybody's like, oh, I saw her. Crazies. I saw this blonde girl. She's out here drunk and she fell down on the beach. Yeah, I saw this girl. Yeah, I saw that. Give me mm-hmm. my thousand, hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of what, like, I'm kind of pissed off the Circus. Aruba people. And it's just, yes, yes. 
So I'm, but I'm so surprised that they are this helpful with just like the parents there. You know, like to me, it would be worst nightmare, and maybe because I don't have money like that to be going through this, but especially in another country where you don't have anybody, you don't have the connections, they have different laws, like, and then do they even really take it serious? Well, did you know, because do you know about his dad? How his dad is Judge connected? Judge or lawyer a, or something? Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I just thought he was um, probably taken care of because of who his dad was. Yeah. But was, I didn't yeah. know if his dad's crooked or anything. Well, we don't know because, oh, well, I'll tell you. But you're right. Um, so the the Arubian police are, it's like they're they're kind of like spatting because the, Parents are blaming the police. The police are blaming the parents, and they're just pointing fingers fingers at each other. And so it's not it's not going well. It's not smooth. September twenty sixth, two thousand five, Yoran did an interview. Oh, we're coming up on clip with um, I believe it was with this uh, the uh, current affair. Oh yeah, I remember that show. <laughs> and so this is when he said that neither himself nor the brothers had any kind of relations with Natalie, but that they had all agreed to lie to authorities. And now a word from our sponsors. All right, if you love smoothies or if you love your protein in the morning, you need to get you a blend jets. You can do that if going to blendjet.com. If you enter the code BHH12, you get a discount. And let me tell you, these things are portable. They are easy to use. They can fit in your cup holder. You can have it at home or you can have it in your office like I do. Right this morning, I had my blueberry banana one mm, with it? some chia seed. It wasn't chunky or anything? It was very smooth. When I have it in my shaker, it is a little chunky. So this is a great alternative. I love it. Um, It is battery powered. So all you have to do is plug it in every two weeks and the battery never runs down. Oh my gosh. I love battery powered things. Go to Blendjet's and order you a Blendjet and get a discount. Thanks, April, for sharing. Did you know you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned the bottle around to actually see what's inside. When I did, I found out many of my favorite creamers contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, ew, and artificial flavors. Laird Superfood all started when big wave surfer Laird Hamilton needed morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. He couldn't find anything in the market that met his ingredient standards, so made himself the ultimate plant-based creamer. Laird Superfood started and launched its first product, Original Superfood Creamer, in 2015. Laird Superfoods contain no artificial flavors, colors, or additives, and no sugars from highly refined corn syrup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel in into your routine. All Laird products are also made of all natural whole food ingredients and they are crafted from the highest quality all natural real food ingredients. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code BOO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. 
memories of Natalie like? I don't really have that many memories. I mean, I, I knew her for one night. I feel super. I feel horrible that I even went out that night without my father knowing. I should have just stayed home and this wouldn't have happened to me. It was Natalie who asked me to go out with her. It was her that asked me to come to the club. Um, it was her that was yelling at me to go dance with her and I said, and I went to go drink something with my friends. Are you that irresistible? I mean, is that what... No, I, I don't yeah. know. That's not, that's absolutely not what it's about. I don't know. I, I, when her parents showed up at my door with her picture, I didn't even know who Natalie Holloway was. I didn't even know her name. It's all her. It's, I'm not saying it's all her. I, I like her. I, I thought she was very attractive and I went out with her. How do you leave a girl on the beach? very irresponsible i know and that's the one thing i would like to take back but at the time it at the time it just didn't seem wrong and then what happened you just said oh i've got to go home and study i've got to go home because i got to get up for class tomorrow uh, i told her I, I had to go home i had school the next day and I, I thought maybe she'd understand she told me no she wanted me to stay there with her because the next day she was leaving and she she wanted to stay there the whole night i told her no i had to go i even i even lifted her up to carry her back to her hotel and she, she told me to put her down. I left her there, I sat down next to her, talked to her a while, and I called Deepak to ask him if he could come pick me up, which Deepak didn't do, but... How did you feel when you left her? Well, at the time, I didn't, I didn't feel it was a bad idea. At the time, I really didn't... It didn't seem wrong, it didn't seem... Of course, now I look back at it and I think, I would, I'm, a, I'm an ass, what did I do? But there's nothing I can do about it now. If I'd have that moment back, I would have made sure she got back to her hotel safely, but I can't, I can't change that now. Did you have sex with her that night? That's, first of all, that's none of your business. It's just a question. Yes, but it's absolutely none of your business. Well, what, I mean, did anything else happen that night? No. Well, yes, I, I, I kissed with her, but neither me, Deepak, or Satish ever had sex with her. And no one ever said, ever said otherwise. And that's the last thing that happened. Yes. That's the last thing. What was the last thing that she said to you? Um, the, I, she didn't say any last thing to me. The last thing I said to her was bye. Mm -hmm. So his story is he left her on the beach because he had to go to class? Yeah, that's his first story. Oh, it changes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Leticia Stout? Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're related. And he basically inserted his friends back in there. No, we, I didn't have sex with her. Neither, Neither did, did any of Deepak us. or Satish. So that means they all raped her. Mm -hmm. So later that month, Yoran and his father were in New York filming for a different interview. So they are on a press tour, basically. Oh, who is this? Your, him and his and father. The oh. The father. I haven't gotten to the father yet, but they go and they're doing this um interview for in new york because this was an american interview so now they have another interview in new york and they're getting money off of this stuff oh gosh so when they um so they're filming or they're doing this other interview and then they get served with uh paperwork for a lawsuit from natalie's parents claiming personal injury huh so this, so yeah, he's over here. He's making money doing interviews, and he's basically telling a different story for every like interview that he does. Oh, good yeah. job! And then your daddy, who's a lawyer, ain't even helping you with with this. Mm -mm. When you usually tell your people to shut the hell up, right? You don't. You wouldn't let your client do all this, mm -mm. but you're gonna let your son do all this. Mm -hmm. 
No. So, you know, his dad is in law, well, well, a lawyer. So he's in training to be a judge. Okay. Okay. So that's always safe. Um, and then, you know, Natalie's parents are over here getting hit left and right. They're like, he, like, we can't win. These people are getting released. They're getting arrested. The release arrested. They're over here. They're doing interviews. They're getting all this stuff. And then in 2007, which is two years after her disappearance, Yoran and a reporter get together and they publish a book. Oh, he's he's capitalizing on this. Absolutely. But on his infamousness, like he's not innocent in this. Mm hmm. Which is just what I was going to say was, what does this mean to you? Is that he's capitalizing on it, on her tragedy. And in the introduction of the book, he starts off by saying, I see this book as my opportunity to be open and honest about everything that happened for anyone that wants to read it. But let's keep going. So April 2007, a new search involving around 20 different investigators, they launch... um, Near Yoran's home in Aruba. It's the Dutch authorities. They start searching the surrounding areas. They like get shovels and metal robs, rods and probes. And they're just like searching and trying to do anything to find any sign of her. Any sign of her. Um, and a few months into that search, Yaron and the two brothers were arrested again. <laughs> what, and each time like the, the mom's time? getting her hopes up. Yeah. I mean, and so they're arrested again. European police are arresting them on voluntary manslaughter. And it was with great bodily harm resulting in the death of Natalie Holloway. And this is because the Arubian prosecution said that there was new incriminating evidence that was tied to the death of Natalie Holloway. And so these are some pretty big charges. And like you said, her parents are thinking that they're finally getting arrested for something. But then, of course, the case gets thrown out once again for lack of evidence. So then we go to January 2008 and another talk show. Yoran goes on this Dutch talk show. And this one didn't go so well. Because in this one, he got into like a spat with the host. Because the host starts questioning a woman or a man? A man. Okay. But this host starts questioning him. And I have the video, but there's no words, so there's no point in playing. But the host starts grilling him about Natalie's disappearance and questioned his honesty. And so he stands up, grabs a... Like a bottle, uh, not a bottle, a glass. I guess they had, I guess they're drinking wine while they're. Yeah, it's another country. You probably do it all the time. So grabs a glass of red wine. He's at the table, stands up, and just throws it in the reporter's face. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind of like an interesting little moment. There's a lot going on here. So we have Natalie's family doing everything they can. They're trying to get answers. They're watching this guy go over here, get arrested, get released, get. Re- I mean, like I said, it's a it's a record, broken record. He's selling books. He's talk shows. He's doing interviews. And Gosh. while this whole time, her family's just like, "What is happening? What is happening?" So they finally fi- hire a private investigator. February third, two thousand eight. They have this undercover guy who befriends Yuran and then tries to get information from him. Okay. So there's this video of, and once again, I would play it, but it's 
it's in a different language, so that oh. wouldn't really help. So <laughs> I'm going to subtitle it for you. Um, so during this, it's like they're in a car, they're r- driving somewhere. The friend is driving. Your aunt's in like the back or the passenger seat. He's smoking a joint, and he's talking about how he was there when Natalie's life ended. And this video, it's like a video or a show that it turns into, and it has seven million viewers, like people that viewed it, seven mm-hmm. million people, which. This was in the Netherlands, and it was the most popular non-sports program out there. Okay. So people are watching this. Yeah. So this is part of what is part of what is in the video. Private investigator says, "Where the fuck is she, Jordan? Uran? I keep wanting to call him Jordan." And he says, "Never to be found again. I only know her for two days, not even oh, two full days. The time I spent with her was max three and a half hours." Private investigator. What happened to her then? Dead is she, right? And he says, of course, but come on. I would never kill a girl. And the investigator says, yep, it's one big ocean, huh? And then Yoran says, I think I was just very lucky to get away with it. If they they would have found the girl, I would have been screwed. Because his DNA was all in her. Yeah, and because probably the drugs that he was known to keep with Mm -hmm. them the date rape drugs was probably in her system and then he says she will never be found again wow so uran was unaware that he was being taped obviously this is undercover guy from natalie's parents and then this he went on to tell the undercover guy that natalie had actually had a seizure while they were having sex or that while they were having relations. Okay. Okay. So then he goes on to say that they were on the beach where this happened on the beach. She starts having a seizure and he couldn't revive her. So then he called a friend and he said, and, and the friend told Yoran to, to leave. And then that, that friend would go and dispose of the body. Ooh. Now, once again, this is a different story than what he's told. And then also, uh, I don't know if it, it comes up yet. What was the? Is this not the first story he's told? No, the first. This the first story was that he'd left her and she was alive because she didn't want to go home. Yes. Okay. And that she had the guy in the black suit had picked her up from the hotel, or like that she had. Yeah, he had left her. She fell. He offered to pick him up to pick her up. Like, oh, let me help you up. And mm-hmm. then he saw her go off with this dark guy in, uh, in the dark suit. Okay. So that was the first one. Then now, now he's saying that she was having a seizure on the beach and he would try to revive her and then left her there. Oh, okay. <sighs> now is this, how come this couldn't been used because he didn't know he was being recorded and that's illegal? Well, did you forget that his dad is a lawyer and trying to be a judge? Gosh. So... I feel like, okay, so he says that he called a friend and the friend was came over and told him, like, hey, you go and I'll dispose of the body. So, yeah, new story. But this could have, you know, some of these stories could have a little bit of truth in each of the stories. Yes. So while this might sound like a confession, the Arubian prosecution attempted to obtain a arrest warrant based on these tapes, but the judge denied the request. Mm, daddy judge? Mm. 
a friend of Daddy Judge. friend of Daddy Judge, I am assuming, and the request was saying that the statements on the tape were inconsistent with the evidence in the case, and they were What's the evidence? I don't know. They basically said that um, he was... He was on drugs at the time. He was smoking. He didn't know what he was saying, didn't know what he was talking about. And then he thought that, what did they say? Um, he thought that the guy he was talking to, with the undercover guy, he thought that guy was a drug dealer and he was trying to impress a drug dealer. Oh. Um, and that, you know, the... There was, a, there, was, there was no proof of what had actually happened, so they couldn't prosecute him. So there's no truth. So September of that year, pressure is, like, coming hard. And the uh, uran is starting to feel it. Yorin. Mm-hmm. I, I call him, like, four different names. Yorin. Yeah. He voluntarily checks himself into a psychiatric hospital or clinic or whatever. And then... Once sympathy, yeah, and I don't know how long it was there, but once he was he was there for a little bit, he checks out. He moves to Bangkok and he buys a restaurant. In November two thousand eight, an investigator. We, there's a lot of investigators, and there's a lot of undercover people in the story. Um, so, investigator aired more undercover footage of Yuran making plans to sex traffic Thai women in Bangkok to Europe, and it was claimed that he was making thirteen thousand dollars for every woman that he sold into the Netherlands. What? Because if you remember, another story is that he sold Natalie in uh-huh. a sex ring or sex uh-huh. slave ring, and so. He's now going by the alias of Murphy Jenkins to avoid Thai authorities. And at the same time, Thailand is pursuing criminal charges against him. And according to the media, he was being investigated by Thai authorities for his involvement of the disappearance of another young woman while posing as a consultant for a modeling agency that he claimed to be sending women to Europe because they were going to be models. So this was known as sex trafficking, and these Thai authorities are investigating him for the sex trafficking and selling women under the name of Murphy. And then in 2010, Uran's father passes away, <laughs> and he sells the restaurant, and he goes back to Aruba. You got all that? Back to Aruba? He's Now he's going back to Aruba, and I'm going to come back. To, let me tell you a little bit about this. Where's he been in Dutch? He's been in Bangkok. Bangkok. Okay. So he had these restaurants. He tried to do the sex trafficking stuff, and he gets all mixed up in this, and then his dad dies. Okay? So this is... Okay, so we're in... We are in 2008, but his de- all this stuff leads up to his dad dying, so I'm going to just do a little dad's death, which is in 2010, and then I'm going to come back to 2008. Okay. Okay. So... His dad is Paulus Vandersloot. Paulus was arrested on June 22nd, 2005. He was arrested in connection for the disappearance of Natalie Holloway. The, three days after that, he after he was questioned, he was released. In Aruba, they arrest on serious suspicion. Okay. So that's why they just go and arrest, arrest, yeah, arrest, arrest. Yeah, impulsively arrest. Yes, it's not... There's not probable cause. It's it's done differently. So it's probably like Mexico. If you breathe wrong or oh, yes. you drink water wrong, you get arrested. So um, according to Aruba's chief prosecutor, one of the Kalpo Ka- Ka- brothers 
said that Paulus, which is Jordan's father, had actually helped Joran, I call him Jordan now, dispose of the body. Mm. But without a body, you can't prove Prove that he was involved or that Joran actually killed her. And then November 10th, 2005, Paulus won an unjust detention case against the Arubian government, clearing him as a suspect. And he he won some other case getting... So he, he sued won them. money And then, yes. So then he sued. He won money, but then he never was awarded money. And then he ended up dying while he was playing tennis. He sued them for arresting him and, I guess, yeah. messing up his name and yes. his... Okay. And it was eventually reversed and he didn't get any money. Okay. So the whole thing is like... Did his was his father the friend who he supposedly called to help the get the body suit. to help get the uh, dispose of the body or what like what or was he over here just or the his- friends trying to get out of it by blaming the father? So bringing it back to more stories and lies, November two thousand eight. So remember that was just a little side piece. Uh-huh. So Fox News shows an interview of. Uran that said that this is whenever he decided he was going to tell his story about how he sold Natalie into a sex slavery ring. And he said he received money when Natalie was taken and that he later received money to keep quiet. And then he said that he paid the Calpo brothers to help him. And he said that his dad, Paulus, paid off two police officers and that Natalie was taken to Venezuela. He's telling Fox News this? Yes. <laughs> but by now he can say whatever he wants because there's no evidence to prove that he did or that he didn't. He's just going and so, if anybody's... But if, how is this help? This ain't helping him. I guess this is saying that he's not a murderer. But how is this helping anything? Well, I think now he's trying to throw it on his dad because his dad's dead. No, that was, two, that was still before his dad was dead. So yeah, that was before. His dad probably died of shit, stressed out. And well, yeah. My son's a sociopath, and well, either his, I can't keep either taking his up for dad him. died because he did help him, and he or and it got to him, or because he was so stressed out about everything. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, but his son just got I, worse and worse and worse. Like worse if he just. Yes. Oh, if he would have like let him be reprimanded or whatever for this, it probably wouldn't have been that bad. Oh, oh it gets worse. <laughs> so this show, this show on Fox News airs, and part of this, part of what airs is a recording. So your Yoris is on the phone with his dad, and it's a recording of him, he and his dad. Uh, that a let that was a conversation, and it was where the dad divulged information or knowledge of this of his involvement. So it's like, hey, he's acknowledging, dad is acknowledging, like, hey, I know you're involved, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. But then prosecutors go back and they listen to the phone call, and it was just Yoran faking his dad's voice. But why? Like, how is how is that helping? You're in. According to the prosecutor, the other voice heard the other voice heard on the recording was not his father Paulus. Instead, it was Uran speaking in a lower voice, 
Don't ask why. This is why he goes the the crazy house. Uh, the crazy house. Yes. So, yeah, uh, this is. Mm-hmm. So Anita, which is his mother, comes out and is like, "Yeah, where she's been? She's hiding." She's like, "Well, he, Uran has some serious mental problems." <laughs> And she says she blames herself for the father's death. Gosh. And she said she was going to have her son involuntarily committed to this facility. But he left before uh. she could do that. And he left her a note saying, I'm gone. Don't worry. That's it. That's the Period. Note. Period. <laughs> there probably wasn't even a period. Uh. So... March 2010, Uran allegedly contacted Beth Holloway, Natalie's mom. He contacted her legal representative, so her attorney, with an offer. This is five years later, right? Because we were in 2005. Yes, yes. So this is five years later, and this is when he's contacting her, her attorney with an offer to reveal the location of Natalie's body and the circumstances surrounding her death. But he would need $250,000. That sounds like extortion. This happened so much. Remember, Can you it, believe this happened in 2010? And I don't remember that. I don't either. But why news. did it take 13 years for us to even arrest him? Or to do anything. So Natalie's parents were desperate after five years of her disappearance. So they're like, okay. So he wanted a $25,000 payment. And this, uh, her little attorney guy flew to Aruba, gave him a $100 bill and was like, hey, we're serious about this, blah, blah, blah. On May 10th, he accepted a wire transfer of $15,000 to his account in the Netherlands following a cash payment of $10,000. And this was all videotaped by an undercover investigator in Aruba. And in exchange, he told this legal uh, lawyer guy that his father had buried Natalie's remains in the foundation of their house. Mm. But authorities determined that this was false information. Because their house is... Because their house had yet to be have been built. Oh. Uh. Oh, gosh. At the time of her disappearance. Mm-hmm. So, Yoran later emails this legal representative guy saying he did, in fact, lie about the house. And surely at this point, they would have, like, arrest him. No. No. But, I mean, based on, it's like he all, he likes the infamy behind it. He likes the attention. And then, like, when the attention maybe died down, he found a way for it to bring it back to him. And daddy's probably not there feeling his pockets anymore, so he's going to need some money. He knows he can't go to mama because he just peaced out on mama. Mm -hmm. So Beth, Natalie's mom, has uh, officially lost her mind. She's like, oh, my gosh, you just, like, this is horrible. Horrible. So you have this, like, she's like, you have this, you have a video of him taking the wire, like, transfer, and you have, but no, like, he, I mean, he took the money and ran. Took the money and ran. And so, 
I would think at this point somebody wants to get him off the streets, but apparently not. Um, the FBI and the U.S. attorney said that this case had had not been sufficiently developed enough for them to file charges. So on June 3rd, 2010, about a month later, a month after the extortion exchange, mm-hmm. um, charges were finally filed. Um, the U.S. had issued a warrant through Interpol to have him prosecuted in the United States. And on June 4th, Dutch authorities raided and confiscated items from his home. He had two homes um, in the Netherlands. And then in an interview on September 10th, 2010, Joran admitted to the extortion. Ooh. To who? I was doing a lot of things that I, I shouldn't have been I shouldn't have been doing and mostly only going out all the night and sleeping all the day. I have always been very uh, how you call it uh, um, impulsive. Always been uh, take a action right away and make a decision immediately and not think about what the consequences are. There were people who were paying me to paying me to yeah to make up stories and I was really good at making up stories. Everybody keeps coming at you, asking you questions, asking you stuff, and yeah, you don't know something, and finally you, you start to think, okay, well, well you. If, you, if you want something, then, then I'll tell you whatever you want to hear, sure. I misused the situation for my own advantage, and I feel bad about that, and if I could change that, I, I, I would take it back for sure. Oh, you do? You feel so bad about it. So Has he had a. F- I wonder if any doctor has just like done an assessment, like a psychological on I him. I think he's just diagnosed. Like him he doesn't have. Fe- he doesn't care. He just Gosh. doesn't look like he cares about anything at, at all. So th- this interview was actually. So it was September two thousand ten. Okay. So let's go back of just a few months to May two thousand ten. Okay. Because this is another reason why why they have him talking about this. In on May thirtieth, two thousand ten, tw- which is five years to the day. Yes, it's the same exact day. Yes, twenty one year old business student Stephanie Flores Ramirez. Is she American or over there? Uh, she was reported missing in Lima, Peru. Mm. Do you know about this? Yes. Okay. I don't know the. St- I know that there's another murder, but I don't know what happened. She was found dead three days later, beaten and bruised in a hotel room that was registered under Yoran's name. Oh, hotel Yoran. videotape clearly shows both of them walking into the hotel room, and then of him about three hours later leaving alone with her backpack. How old is she? 21. 21. So that means it was, she was about 15, what, what's 21 months? About 15, 16 when Natalie went missing. So she probably had no idea that he had been all in the news. Correct. And later I went and looked up and this girl's family, once they found out his name, they Googled him and like had heart attacks. <sighs> Because they're like, oh, they shit. and th- this is before they knew that she was dead. They just knew that he was a person of interest. Oh, shit. And they, yeah, they were like, we feel 
like this is they they were still hopeful at that point. Do you see how I was not hopeful for your friend that was over there just yeah. hanging out with foreign men? Yeah. <laughs> that said I want you. It's an accent. That means I run. want her. I want I want her. Oh no. I want her. <laughs> That's what they say when they bid on their on them too. The human trafficking. Yes. So on the he, boats. He left. So yeah, he left his hotel. Oh, and when he left the hotel, he's by himself carrying the backpack. He told the hotel staff not to bother his girl. Oh. Mm. That's why it took him three days, I guess, to go in there. So he, um, he had beat and murdered her in the hotel room and left her there. They believe that he used a tennis racket because they found a tennis racket in the room. Oh. And, you know, he played tennis with his dad a lot. Yeah. So... Her car was found about 50 blocks from the hotel. They found, inside they found the date rape drug. Mm. Her ID, credit cards, jewelry, money was missing. She had $1,000 that her dad had given her to spend or whatever. And then she had just won $10,000 at the casino. Earlier the night. Yes. That was his motive. So she's so excited. She's like, oh my gosh. I mean, who wouldn't be if you win $10,000 at a casino? (sighs) Peruvian police named him as their one and only suspect. Interpol issued a warrant for his arrest. On June 3rd, he was arrested in Chile. Chile. Um, Once... Police finally had him in custody. They questioned him. Um, and the story that he was in... <laughs> his first story was that he was in the room and a bunch of burglars just busted in the room <laughs> and he hid while they were murdering Stephanie. He had nothing to do with it. Oh, God. He was... Eventually put on suicide watch because he's now arrested. He's they're like, shut up, we don't believe you. Uh, police start investigating his murder, and then that's when they realize like she won all this money, and they find surveillance of them coming, them going into the hotel room, and he's the only one coming out. And obviously, they put it together. Autopsy revealed there was no sex assault, but that she suffered blunt force trauma to the head, which caused a brain hemorrhage, cranial fracture, a broken neck. She suffered injuries to her face that were very significant signs of asphyxiation. She tested positive for the presence of amphetamines, but the lab report doesn't show if she took them willingly or unknowingly. And they're like, he... He was at this point careless because he had like he still had blood on his clothes, so he didn't even get rid of his clothes. So he had the blood on his clothes matched her blood. There was blood on the floor. There was blood on the mattress. It was all her. I mean, it was just like he was sloppy and he just didn't care. This is how I know his dad probably did help him then, or somebody had to help him because he's too stupid. Yes, and sloppy to not get caught. Yeah. So it had to have been at the beach. Somebody had to have helped him because he's sloppy and stupid. He wouldn't have been able to do it. He is impulsive. Like, he is king of impulsivity. He didn't think it through. And then he don't know what to do about it afterwards. Yes. 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 You are the FBI. So on June 7th, 2010, he initially denies having anything to do with it. I'm so shocked. (laughs) Them damn burglars. Oh. Cat burglar. 
a hamburger alert. But after hours of investigation, interrogation, he finally is like, oh, he gives them another story. He says he left the room to go get snacks, and, and then he returned, and Stephanie was using his laptop without his permission. Oh. And she was reading all of this stuff about Natalie on the laptop, and that's when he snapped and Ooh. killed her because he was pissed because... He was getting into all of her stuff, and I, I don't know what he had on this laptop, and I don't know why we don't have this laptop. Yeah, where's the laptop? I don't know. Maybe it's with Hunter Biden's laptop. So <laughs> I think that she won. Yeah, I mean, she obviously won all this money. He charmed her, and then he probably planned to, like, rob her and kill her, or maybe he'd even plan to kill her, but then he, when he came back and found her on the laptop, then he was like, give it. Impulsively. Or, like, I don't, well, it seems like it, I don't know, maybe did he plan to kill her? No, I think it was impulsive. I mm -hmm. think he saw, he was like, oh shit, now she knows who I really am, so I have to kill her. Who would have, why would she have just been on his laptop though? Like, she oh. would she have texted somebody, hey, I'm with a guy named Joran Vandersloot. I wonder. <laughs> and then they were like, bitch, get the hell out of there. Yes. Google his name. Oh, she probably did that. Oh, now if he knew she that she won ten thousand dollars, that she won ten thousand dollars, I can see how that could be a premeditated. Oh, I want to go in there and get that. So yeah. he probably attempted to maybe premeditate her and rob her, yeah. um, and then it went because, too far. Because it goes on later to say that like. Over and over and over and over, he had drugged these. He because they he had That's that his mo. Yes, so he he if he was like his goal was to murder, he probably would have murdered a lot more people, right? Yeah. So I think it's when it gets where it's out of hand, and he's like freaks out. I was like, oh gosh, let me just kill mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. But I think that now I think the whole I think that there was some kind of seizure because I think he probably did give her the drug, but then she started like. Because they so had done X, they had done X on the trip. Like they were doing senior, they were trip doing stuff, whatever, smoking weed. They were like they were. She was doing stuff that her body's not typically used to doing because she went in Rome, right? And her friends said that she had she was drinking, like she would wake up and drink to avoid like the hangover, right? right. That's what That's they what say you, you do. do. And I'm sure they the friends were doing it too. With yeah, it, right? Yeah, there with they her. were yeah. they were not like pointing fingers. They right. were just being um They were cooperative. just like this is what happened. This is what we did. So That's can you imagine you if she had X in her system and maybe some weed that she's not used to and if he would have gave her that drug. So most but likely did she he, but to be as violent as you were with this second girl with Stephanie, yeah. this isn't your first time. That's true. So at, at first I wanted to think he panicked, mm -hmm. right? He gave somebody the drug. She He panicked and then like maybe pushed her into the water, right? And that's why we'll never find her. Because for the longest, they were they had cameras in the water right there where he allegedly said that they were. Mm. I remember at one time there was a rock that looked like a skull. This was like years later. Oh, there were some divers or something. Yeah, that went to go find this, what could have been a skull. Um, and it ended up not being anything. But 
But after now hearing this, so first I thought maybe it was an accident, but then that didn't stop you from being an asshole. Like you just continued on being an asshole. So did that give you the power that, oh, I got away with it once. I'm going to continue to do it. Or were you always violent? Your daddy helped you out of that situation before. Mm-hmm. Now you just don't have any help. Yeah. I don't know that, which one. It, I, I don't know. Well, so during this, like, com- well, quote, confession, he said he apparently let it slip that he knew where Natalie's body was buried, which I don't know how many times he's said that by now. Um, And but I think at this point. So, OK, so he's talking to the Peruvian police and he starts to bring Natalie up, but he's brings her up every chance he can yeah. because that's his. That's kind of his um, identity, like leverage, though. Like he has oh. this, like he's using it again. Like, oh, don't, don't kill me, don't hurt me, don't do anything to me because I have information You'll that never you want. Know. Yeah, and so I'm gonna hold it against you, and I'm gonna avoid any kind of punishment. So he would always use that as like to try to get something, whether it's money or mm-hmm. avoiding the punishment. So. What a shock. He later retracts his whole, whole entire confession of this whole Stephanie thing. And I don't even, we don't even know what his damn story is at this point, but he's retracting his confession about this. He says the police tricked him into signing this confession and blah, blah, blah. He says that that did not actually ever happen, but no matter what, he was charged with first degree murder. And. He was sentenced to a psych evaluation, which they should have been done that a long mm-hmm. time ago. And they finally come back with this saying that he had antisocial personality disorder and indifferent toward well-being of others, which whatever. On January 2012, he pled guilty and was sentenced to 28 years and ordered 28 years in prison and was ordered to pay $75,000 to Stephanie's family. He's expected to be released June 2038. Okay. So, since... So, some justice. And I wonder how Natalie's mom... Uh, yeah, Natalie's mom, like, took this. Well, they, like, actually, they actually went to, to the visit trial? him. Oh, to, in jail? They actually went to Peru, her and her legal representative, the guy who gave him the $100 bill, went to, uh, with a Dutch television crew, to Peru, basically forcing him to have a conversation with Beth. They had a conversation that was less than one minute. Oh, gosh. She told him that... She had no hate in her soul for him and what happened to Natalie. And he said he could not answer the question without his lawyer present mm. and handed her his attorney's card. And that was their meeting. She just tried. She's probably like, okay, he's at rock bottom. Maybe, maybe I can get some answers. Like Stephanie's family has yeah. some answers. Well then, and then his mom, Yoran's mom went on to say, she was like, I'm not visiting him. I just, I, I want to, I wish I could talk to Stephanie's family to apologize for what oh, her son did. Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> so she might've been, been surrounded by two 
horrible men. Like her husband might not have been the best. And then your son, like that's horrible for her. And I wonder. No, he had two brothers. Because I was wondering if he was the only child. And where are they? I don't know. They're never mentioned. They're never. They probably changed their name. Well, July 2012, they officially, I believe from what a couple things I read was, okay, so they officially pronounced Natalie Holloway's death in 2012. The dad wanted to do that. The mom did not want to do that. And I think they even went to court over it. Mm. But it's like, I mean, at least give a little bit of closure, but. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be in that situation. It doesn't mean that you give up, but... It just, yeah, it just gives a little bit of closure. I don't know. I don't know what it does. But it it just puts a bookend on it. I don't know. But, I mean, you still want to... Maybe it's a way to have a ceremony or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, July 4th. <sighs> so, that was 2012. And then 2014. Uh, guess what? So, Uran is in prison. He gets in trouble. No. He's like basically in a having a brothel life in a prison, isn't he? Dun 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 These women. Dun 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 dun. Oh. Wow. He got married. He got married. Congratulations, Joran. You got married. And also, your wife is pregnant. Seven months pregnant. At the time of your marriage, how does she pregnant? Peru? What's this Peru prison? Peru pregnancy prison. It's a, it's it's a, a brothel. Peru brothel. That's what it is. So she's he gets married, and this y'all. She was at the prison selling goods, drugs, well smuggling. I don't know what other in goods her pregnant belly you sell in the prison, but whatever the goods were. They like the goods, and so he got the goods, and then he got the goods impregnated. So now he's married, and he has a pregnant wife. And a drug trafficker. And a drug trafficker, and he's probably sex trafficking people still. I've also heard that this is one of, if not the worst prisons in the world. But he's having a blast. That's what I thought. And that's what, like, I listened to Nancy Grace when it came back on, and she was like, he's living the best life in prison. Like, he's, he's... This he gets married again, does he? I think so. Or he so. leaves her and gets another girlfriend or something that's younger. I think so. And and I don't know if she ends up pregnant, but he just oh, gets to do the dead. dirty. He gets to do drugs, sell like smuggle drugs. Yes. He's just yes. So this finally brings us to current and present day. Literally today, as we are recording this, June 8th, he has just been finally extradited to the U.S. to for the extortion charges from 2010. And we're just grasping at So this is, this is what would happen. He's, they say that, I've I've heard a couple different because I've heard that he's eager to come here and he wants to come to the U.S. because he wants to prove his innocence, blah mm-hmm. blah blah, and he wants to spend time in this luxury U.S. prison. But if he had, if that's such a shitty, I guess it's like this. The environment is trash. At the, I don't know. It's I don't know. I've never been inside a prison. He's probably so. got 
American women writing him letters. Oh, for sure. There, so he's like, oh, if I come here, I'll have this many more women and this many more smugglers. Like he's probably got fans, just like Koberger has now. So if he gets any time here, what he has to do is he will, he will do his trial here for the extortion. He'll then be sent back to Peru. He'll finish his sentence in Peru, and then he will have to come back to the U.S. to finish out whatever time he gets here, mm-hmm. if he even survives, if, that long. if nobody, Jeffrey Epstein's him. I don't know. Um, so my, there, yeah, my question is, okay, also, this just goes back to, his whole MO was that he preyed on American girls who came over, who could drink, who were, who were able to drink because the age was 18. He spoke fluent English. He had an accent. He was tall. He was good looking to some, but he was also 17 years old. Like he was young, I guess. Or eight or like right at 18. He would tell them how that he was older. So they thought that they were hanging out with this older... Well, I think it's even the fact that he has an accent and he can speak fluent English. Mm-hmm. And he's paying attention and you're like, oh, we got a local guy. Like, I was like, oh, we got a local guy? Uh-huh. Hey, let's go to the beach. You know, I mean, how... I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> you were dragged a couple times. I probably was. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. <laughs> so he was known to meet women, take them back to either his place or another hotel, but he would always carry that GHB, that date rape mm-hmm. drug, drug, and that's where we think, like, we don't know if she overdosed on it or if he... Or she still turned him down. Feels like he can't like rejection either. So <sighs> what do y'all think? What... Do y'all think, do you think, what do you think all he did? Do you think somebody helped him? Do you think, like, what? I want to know what y'all think. Yeah. Because this is. What do you think? Um, I think that he, it was just going to be fun and he slipped through the drug because I don't know why he's done he it would need a thousand to slip times. them the drug if they're obviously coming back with you, like. Maybe he likes their body still. That's true. Maybe he's like Bill Cosby and Dan- Dennis Nielsen. That's true. I think that he probably was. Um, I think she probably did have an overdose, but he probably didn't know what to do. And then she dies and then he had to come get. I for sure think somebody helped him do something with yeah. her. Yeah. Whether it was because. Okay. Think about it. The first thing is they were going to, he knew where the sharks were because uh-huh. that's what he said. He was taking her to a lighthouse to look at the sharks because she, because he knew where the sharks were. Want to see the sharks. Mm-hmm. But God, that is just like total. Body. Who, I, would, who would, who would go to the lighthouse with a guy in another country that says, let me show you the sharks. <laughs> Caroline's well, raising her hand. Because at this point, I'm not even trying because it would go wrong. So I'm just going to live with my dogs until they eat me. I don't even know that I'd go to the lighthouse with Sweepy and he says, let's go to the lighthouse and see sharks. Does he bring his damn zip ties? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I'm not. I'm I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, no, but yeah. 
I think she died either they went to a hotel and she died there or they were on the beach. I don't know where it happened, but I think that she had some kind of seizure. She overdosed from these drugs that he gave her, plus everything that was in her system. And then he had to figure out how to, what to do with the body. I don't know if they he pushed her in. Tried, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It couldn't have been at a hotel because he's too, too stupid to figure that out. Unless somebody True, really did help Plus there would have been some... There's too many cameras. I do have to say that one of the friends that she was with that night earlier, before she, like, departed from them, I did hear something that she stood in that lobby all night waiting for her friend to get back. And one of the chaperones actually found her in the lobby the next morning, like, because she was waiting for her friend to get, like, waiting for Natalie. And and we didn't, I mean, we, there were... Like That's cell phones, but you had like yeah, but you don't got it. You don't got good. It's stuff not when you're how over we, there. but it's not how we do it now. It's not phones. We don't have fun. for those of you who weren't around back then. Yeah, like you can't track them. I and mean, then, I had just got a phone in two thousand two, uh huh, and this is two thousand five, and this this was the phone that I played Snake on. Yeah, or the you Nokia's. had a razor. The Nokia's, yeah. yeah. And so there wasn't, like, the location tracking and all the every... Like, you weren't snapping every picture. You weren't posting every single minute of your life. But then also, when you go to another country, like, you don't have the same type of data or service. Like, And then if you do, you're paying a lot extra for that. So yeah. it just... It wasn't as easy as probably to find her. I can't remember why she ended up going with them by herself. That would be the only... Um, question that i have or why her in, uh friends any friends didn't insist on like her not going or her at not least going or going with yeah yeah but mm. she could have done what i do and just sneak out and don't tell anybody but she was also but then you're yes. also in this country i would at least tell him i'd be like hey friend come with me yeah maybe not i don't know i don't think you would have went by yourself though you don't you don't like going to do much by yourself i don't think you would have went to I don't True, know, but I don't know if you would have went to the lighthouse to see sharks by yourself. I mean, depend on how cute he was. Depend yeah, on this it tall. does depend on the tallness <laughs> and the cute guy. It does. Oh man, Natalie, this is what I get so sad about is like her mom did not want her to go, did not want her to go, did not want her to go, but went against like her gut. Neither did Brittany Drexel. Oh, wait, no, that was somebody else. Who's it was mom. Drexel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Well, she left. Yes. She snuck out. She ended up going yeah. around. Um, no, this was the Girl Scout murder's mom. Oh, no, the Girl Scout yes. did not want to yes. go, and her mom made her oh, go. Oh, that's even worse. But um, her mom did not want her to go, but, like, Natalie had worked so hard. Her grades were great. Like, she didn't party too, too much, and so she just wanted to let her go and let loose and not just well, be plus panicky. there was, like, a, 130 other kids that were going. And chaperones. And like then the, I think at one point the parents even tried to ban anybody from like going to Aruba or like just well, and even which nobody th- wanted to go to Aruba after this. And but at that time they were known for drug smuggling, human trafficking, and like they were a very dangerous country. But so is Mexico, and we still go to Mexico. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I don't anymore, but um. Anyways, th- I hate that like. One, Natalie didn't get to live. And then we all get crazy 
I hate when people die during those crazy moments. And those are the last things people hear about you. Like mm-hmm. she was really drunk, you know, and that she was doing X. And because certain people do judge you for that. And authorities in town get that so much, they don't take it as serious when they know it's a American per tourist traveling and they party too much and they're sick and they pass out on the beach. So it mm-hmm. took them a while to even kind of start taking it seriously because it happens so much with tourists. Yeah. Well, at least, I mean, I do, it blew up. I mean, it blew it up and it went, I mean, everybody, ev- no, I mean, yeah, it was, it, it was, was everywhere. everywhere. It yeah. was everywhere. And because she was beautiful. She was. Woo, that was good. That was good. I've been waiting for that. I did not look like that when I was 18. Or seven, or 25. No. Or 30. No. <laughs> or now. Good story, good story. <gasps> Thank you for doing that. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Send this episode to somebody else and tell them next time they travel to a country, get their own drinks. Get your own drinks and don't go anywhere with a guy named Yoran. Especially to watch sharks. Don't watch any sharks. Don't do it. And if Caroline tells you she's going to go, just do the opposite. Don't let her. (laughs) Or just please save me. (laughs) Okay, we will see y'all next week for an all new episode. And go on and send this episode to 14 of your friends. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. And register for the live show. And then you know what? Invite some friends to come with you. We have a couple. People have asked us, can their kids come? Now, of course, we don't want like little kids running around. But we have so many listeners that their preteen and teen kids are all into true crime. And so we've had kids at the show before, preteen kids. Um, So bring them. If you don't care about what they hear when they come to our show, because... You know, we don't hold back. Mm-hmm. Got to pay to play. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye, yo. Goodbye. Everybody has a story worth telling. I'm Corey Duncan. On Best Story Ever, I take guests that you know through their most unique and captivating stories. The best part? I hear the story for the first time when you do. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Find Best Story Ever on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hola, yo soy Jackie. Y yo soy Jessica. Y esto es Zona del Crimen. podcast donde hablaremos sobre casos de crímenes reales y eventos impactantes que han quedado marcados a través del tiempo. Recuerden que nos pueden seguir en Facebook, Instagram o donde escuches tus podcasts favoritos. Hey, I'm Blair. And I'm Brittany. And we're the host of By, By the, the Cover, Cover Podcast. podcast. We cover everything from mysteries, thrillers, romance, chiclet, and even some smut. 
Don't forget the smut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months, and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. For sure. For <laughs> sure. You can find us on Instagram at by the cover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok, so don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. We are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm going to introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know, and those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at Bustles and Bangers or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.